It's like, take a hint, man. I love you, but <laughs> get the fuck away from me right now. Yeah, Mushu Lake has been not near me all day. And then as soon as I sit down to record, he's like, oh, I want to be on the radio show, mother, please. And he's just like, oh, okay, now he's going to rip my headphones out. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I'm glad we kept watching the show. I think that was a good call. Yeah, we almost quit on it. We almost quit on it, but I love Chip, and we watched two Chip episodes, and it's really starting to make me feel like we should watch Psychic Kids if we can get access to it. I would love more Chip. Yeah. The only thing is that I tried to watch it on Hulu, and I realized it's actually a remake. It doesn't have Chip in it. Um, It's like all the kids from Chip's show. Mushu. Oh, my God. He's like using me like a jungle gym. Um, (laughs) all of chips um the kids that he helped on the show they have like their own show now so don't get confused by that hulu one that's a remake we have to find where the original one is hosted yeah um but yeah so anyway this week we're talking again about paranormal state and we picked three random episodes uh episode three church of the damned episode 13 soul collector and episode nine the drowned we picked the first two because we love chip and the last one was picked by an algorithm (laughs) yeah the computer (laughs) um so yeah so should we start with church of the damned uh yeah okay so season three episode five church of the damned i'll give the little rundown um, so basically, uh, Ronnie has two adopted sons, Cameron and Jason, and they have purchased a church in Kansas, I think. I don't I can't read my own handwriting. And um, the sons are they're renovating it to turn it into a community center. Uh, but there's been some haunting activity uh, that has halted the construction Um And it's kind of a dire situation because they gave up everything to move here and buy this church and it really has to like work out for them financially. Um, And it's also a stressful situation for Cameron and Jason because their father, Ronnie, has a heart condition. He's had two heart attacks and they're really worried that if the haunting progresses or if their father gets scared again, that he could have a heart attack and it could be the final one. So Ryan um, and the team are going down there to help them sort things out. I think this is the first episode that we watched where they're actually exploring something that isn't a private residence. Is that right? Uh, well, I mean, technically it's a private residence now, but it, yeah, it's not like somebody lives there. Yeah, I mean, it's a church. Yeah. So yeah, like normally they go to people's houses. So this is kind of... Not only is it a church, but it's kind of, it was abandoned for several years and it's kind of in disarray. So it's more of this traditional, like, spooky atmosphere rather than just going into, like, you know, some suburban home, which is what they normally do. Um, My first note is that Ryan is discussing this with the team and he refers to it as, he goes, so we have to figure out whether this is a mom and pop haunting with a ghost or if it's something you know more that has to do with it being a church yeah i just thought like what's a mom and pop haunting like what like a like a small time small time haunting versus the big corporate demon hauntings you know the walmart haunting (laughs) the uh (laughs) the uh walmart of hauntings you know i guess that's what demons are uh, um, so they do some interviews with them. They both just kind of, they don't really have anything super specific to say. They say they hear footsteps and that they feel really uncomfortable in this one bathroom that was like the catechism bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's about all the information they give, I think. Like, which is, they seem pretty scared, but they don't really have too many specifics. Like, basically, my vibe I'm getting is, like, they're just creeped out that they're, like, in an abandoned church with, like, no electricity. <laughs> yeah. That's... Well, the first note I have is they have this this weird shot where they ask both of the brothers to just, like, stare off into the distance, which I just... Mm-hmm. 
those intro shots are always just weird. Um, but my second note is, yeah, you bought a decrepit abandoned church. That's like the spookiest thing you can buy. I, do I don't know what they expected. Yeah, I do think this one is kind of sweet um, in terms of like the people that they're working with. Because yeah. Ronnie seems like a really nice person. And they talk a little bit about how he adopted Cameron and Jason when they were like in their teens, which is really hard for kids that age to get adopted i think um and that he was a really really good father to them and cameron says he's a better father than my real father could have ever been um and they seem really concerned about ronnie's health and they like later on cameron's kind of like crying about everything and it you know they seem like a a really sweet family so i just want to note that because sometimes like I don't like the people that they're trying to help that much. Um, And I really liked these guys. I thought it was a really, it just seemed like a really sweet family. And they're trying to like make this church that had been abandoned into a community center. And they even interview a local historian later. And she says that she really hopes that they're successful because the area really needs that. So they just seem like really nice people. Yeah, Ronnie seems like a straight up dude. Yeah, he has some cool ear piercings, too. You can tell he's, like, cool rock and roll dude. <laughs> it looks great for having two heart attacks and a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the first things they do is they bring Chip in. Chip Cough- Coffee, I think is his last name. Who I don't, is I don't our- remember his last name. He's our favorite medium. <laughs> Yeah. We like him more than Lorraine Warren, which, by the way, in honor of us doing this show, I rewatched The Conjuring 2 last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a don't watch it. This is basically my advice. But <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I a, wish I didn't watch it the first time. <laughs> Although that that was like a tradition with us watching all the Conjuring movies together. Yeah, I forgot that like there's this so many corny scenes where her husband um, Ed like serenades her with Elvis songs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, they did peace, get her. They did get her Lawrence. fashion on point though, because like now that I've been watching all these shows with the real Lorraine, I realize like they actually like recreated her fashion in The Conjuring pretty accurately. Like a lot of those frilly tops. Yeah, she just dresses like a Victorian ghost all the time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But anyway, Chip is like, I want to be friends with Chip. Like, he's rad. Um, my, my only note about him this time is Chip feels bad. Everybody drink. <laughs> Chip. Um, so they're outside the church and Ryan's like, okay, Chip, are you ready? And Chip just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Chip's bringing like, the sass this time. Chip's like, not want to go in this church (laughs) um so he goes through the church and chip is saying that he feels like a door has been opened in this place that a woman has been killed here he's seeing a lot of satanic ritual stuff and he thinks that there's like some um non-human entities in there as well as some damned souls and then, of course, Ryan goes, so it's like a church for the damned. <laughs> got to get the, the title gotta in get, there. Got to get the title. Um, yeah. So that's they kind of establish that maybe something satanic is happening. Um, of course. Then my next note is uh, just that it seems really dangerous like th- this actually seems like physically like a dangerous investigation because it's an act it's an abandoned building it's an active construction zone and you know how they they like insist on doing everything in the dark with like the night vision to make it spookier and everyone's just like running around in the dark in this abandoned building going from like space to space so i'm like somebody's gonna get hurt um and that does happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd, th- you'd think. You'd, that entire time you're thinking, oh, somebody's going to trip and hurt themselves. It seems very unsafe. Like, they should definitely have lighting. Um, it just doesn't seem like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like this team has really investigated a lot of abandoned places that could have uh, structural damage. Um, and they don't seem like they're really trained to like look out for that stuff. So I was really anxious about that the whole episode because I was like, they're gonna like fall through a, a floorboard or something, you know? 
Yeah, they're more accustomed to mom and pop hauntings. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the teaser uh, showed that something happens to Ryan. And I texted you like, oh, does Ryan get hurt in this one? Because he kind of deserves it, like, because he's such a tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were like, unfortunately, like, not really. <laughs> so basically what happens is he they're like doing an investigation in the like uh, in one of the areas and Ryan like says he, he trips but he says he was like pulled <laughs> to the ground <laughs> yeah I have in my notes that Ryan trips and is too embarrassed to say anything so he's just he's silent for like 30 minutes and then he finally goes uh it was a ghost yeah he's really quiet and then Chip's like, do you want to take a step outside? And he's like, I've never turned my back on an investigation. And Chip's like, well, like, maybe you should just take a break, though, because, yeah. like, that's not t- turning your back. Like, just step outside for a minute. Um, <laughs> and they kind of just, like, cut to the next day where they're at the diner. And Ryan's still being, like, cagey about it. But then he finally says he was, like, pulled to the ground. Um, uh, he so. does also, <laughs> I, I made a note of this, he does... Out of nowhere, he just starts asking if the ghost responds to the dark one. And nobody calls him on that. He does do a lot of, like, I'm I'm just, like, have watched The Exorcist lately. Like, he does a lot of, like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I expel thee. And it's just like, what are you doing, Ryan? Like, All right, why, yeah. why are you so amped up? Um... And I also have a note here that when they go back to, like, finish the investigation with the priest, Ryan's, like, super pissed off that he tripped. Like, he's, like, being so aggressive. <laughs> like, he's all angry now because <laughs> he's embarrassed. It's really <laughs> Um, but before that, they do a little, like, of their background thing. So I mentioned already about the historian. And she, the other thing that she kind of mentions other than that she's really happy they're revamping the place is that it was abandoned and there was a lot of homeless people and like you know people coming in and out of there so it was basically you know anybody could go in and out just your typical like abandoned building where you know i'm sure teenagers and they don't say this but you know teenagers are probably partying in there and stuff Mm -hmm. so they interview some teenagers (laughs) (laughs) so they interview billy katie and dustin and um, Billy and Katie show them where there had been some pentagrams painted before the construction crew, like, got rid of them. Um, and Ryan says to Dustin, um, so do you think that, like, have you heard anything about there being, like, satanic stuff here, like a black mass? And Dustin's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin, who didn't know a pentagram when, yeah, like, he, he saw it. One. They had to tell him what a pentagram was, but a black mass, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's right, actually. He says there was a star here, and they're like, well, can you draw what it looked like? And he draws a pentagram, and they tell him it's a pentagram. He's like, oh, yeah, black masses. Yeah, yeah, totally, definitely. Been to a been to a hundred of them. Yeah, we used to have black masses every Saturday. <laughs> so anyway, with that information, I guess they decide it's like, satanic or something they don't really like it's kind of weird because they they sort of set this up like it's going to be the satanic thing but then they don't really like follow through with that totally like they just kind of bring father bob in and they go through the church saying in the name of jesus i command you and they're like screaming all this stuff and there is some like temperature fluctuation and ryan gets like lightheaded or something yeah. Um, I just want to say, if you buy an abandoned building and it doesn't have the pentagram spray painted on it somewhere, get your money back because that means there's something wrong with it. Yeah, no, I mean, we've all been probably, you know, to abandoned buildings and they all have pentagrams on them. It doesn't mean that there's a satanic mass. It just means a teenager has been there one time. Yeah, <laughs> the first time. Yeah, like, that's just what teenagers do. I'm sure there was a bunch of penises painted in there, too. They didn't bring that up. Yeah, pentagrams <laughs> pop up before, like, ivy starts taking over a building. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, like, yeah, the pentagrams are not evidence of anything. You're right. And it's just kind of funny for them to not even bring up that that's something that's in every single abandoned building ever. And also they interview, like, like one of the the girl that they interview, like, she's kind of goth. Like, you know, they interview these, like, kind of goth teenagers who are like, oh, yeah, there's pentagrams. I'm like, yeah, because you probably painted that shit, Katie. <laughs> Uh, where could they have come from she takes them exactly to where it was and it's like not even there anymore it's been like sandblasted and she remembers like come on she looks kind of upset that it's gone (laughs) they took her art um so then they bring in father bob to cleanse it i guess that's gonna be like the the solution because they decided it's like demonic Mm -hmm. um and i just note that father bob brings um these like little colored plastic jars like they're purple and blue of like holy water like he takes out all his little jars like from home like he brought his holy water from from home and they just go around the house and they throw or go around the church they throw some holy water around cameron cries about it and then um then it's uh, then it's over they do during this time um they're trying to trying to kind of invoke the the spirits yeah and the the priest comes out and he's talking about like the power of god compels you to leave this place or to show yourself and then ryan calls it a bitch (laughs) yeah ryan's angry i wrote ryan's so angry now because it pushed him (laughs) i I just love that the power of god is equal to just calling somebody a bitch (laughs) yeah so show he's a tough guy He's not going to get pushed around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You, he's heard, like, his, you heard his so... tum tum. <laughs> his ego got bruised in this whole scenario. Um, yeah. That, it kind of ends. Like, they're just like, yeah, the family no longer feels threatened. Yeah. They, they claim that they have some good evidence from a thermal camera where mm-hmm. it drops from like, it was like 20 degrees to negative 20 degrees. Yeah. But, um, like, they, they don't have any idea how thermal cameras work. They could have pointed it, like, just at the floor and the ceiling, and that's probably got a 40-degree difference or something. They don't bring it up in this one, but, in fact, in the next one that they... Or in the last one that we watched, they actually bring up that, like, drastic fluctuations often are, like, evidence that it's starting at a center point, and then it's, like reading the temperature out from that center point so it just could be that like an insulated wall was warmer than an exterior wall or something um so they actually debunk that this is evidence in a later episode where like um sergi debunks it about the drowned episode um so they don't bring it up here they act like it's evidence but they do actually kind of say like oh yeah the the fluctuation with that is is just how it works later (laughs) so you're really you're not supposed to just run around with a thermal camera and like glance at it and take that as gospel thermal camera is supposed to stay relatively stationary yeah other than ryan tripping and them not understanding how a thermal camera works they really don't have any evidence and i i feel like they're bummed because they finally got to go to like a demon church and like nothing's happening (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know. I mean, I think it was a funny episode, but it's like a kind of a dud, I think, in terms of like, there wasn't really that much backstory. Like, Chip says a woman was killed there, but they never find any evidence of that. The only evidence they find is that teenagers painted pentagrams. That's the whole backstory. <laughs> was surely evidence of damned souls congregating there. I mean, the other thing, too, um, that they don't really bring up is that uh, the historian had mentioned that homeless people were living in the space. And I'm sure that Ronnie and his children have secured it because now it's a construction site. So it's dangerous for people to be coming in and out. But it's very likely that people could just still be sneaking in. And some of the stuff they could be hearing is just people trying to, like, run away because someone's there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they don't bring that up as, like, a because po- the only evidence they have is they feel weird and they hear footsteps. And, you know, it's an abandoned church. People are going to break in and, like, try to scare themselves or to get shelter. 
And uh, yeah, they just don't bring that up at all. That like it, there could just be people breaking in. In the dead of winter. Yeah, yeah, it's very cold too. Eh, I don't really have anything else on this one other than that just Chip is great. We all love Chip. Yeah. We all so we... dislike Ryan. <laughs> so I, We're amused uh, when he gets hurt. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that a ghost would like slap him or something. <laughs> but he just tripped and then blamed a ghost and was all dramatic about it. Um, so I nominated the next one because I wanted to do another chip episode, but do you want to do the summary? Yeah. Um, and their, their names are Sherry and Sarah and it's in New Jersey because I know I, I never write that down. I did actually, this is the only one that I wrote down. <laughs> wrote down. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, let me try to recall it cause it's, this has been a while since I watched this one. Um, Sherry and Sarah... Uh, they've moved into a house and they, they make a lot of uh, kind of mention of Sherry's ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they said that they moved into this new house. It was some kind of doll museum or doll collection beforehand. Do you remember what was up with that? It was just a doll museum. I guess that's a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It kind of like an amateur doll museum, like mm-hmm. just in somebody's house. Um, but they are just generally kind of spooked. Uh, inside of this house um and that i think that's it really right yeah like they bring up that they see a woman walking in the backyard and that there's also a masculine presence right right. um so that's kind of all the backstory uh the first thing that i have a note of is that they do a little they do a lot of like little dramatic shots with the dolls. So one of the first little shots they do with the dolls they make one of the dolls has like a like an articulated arm and is holding a cup of tea and they make it look like the the doll is like drinking the tea by itself and they do like a close up shot of that, that <laughs> and it's just like really cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> they they seem to their credit they seem apprehensive about using the dolls for like the actual spooking. They seem scared of the dolls or something. Or like they're not. I don't know. It's like they use the dolls a lot in like the kind of like cut scenes for like spooky stuff. But they don't actually like bring them in to the haunting at all. Like you're right. Like yeah. they don't they don't blame it on the dolls. Yeah, um, it's just the dolls are creepy by themselves. Nothing needs to be said about it. Yeah, like, they do kind of say, you know, we have to figure out, you know, if this is, like, potentially something that was brought in by one of these dolls, you know, because it's, like, a collection, um, or if it's, like, something else going on. So they bring up the possibility that, like, the doll could be related, but that they don't, like, follow, like, that turns out to not be the story that they decide is what's happening. Yeah. They much prefer to um, get involved in people's personal lives in a very inappropriate way, so. Yeah. Ryan's back at it again. So they bring up um, that the daughter is has been seeing a lot of things, and that uh, she's very afraid of the backyard. And she's been see- she sees a woman walking in the backyard, and they actually switched which bedroom that she sleeps in because her first bedroom had a window facing the backyard, and she kept seeing this woman, and it scared her. So Elfie does an interview with the daughter. And she says that it's a woman with black hair and a black hat with blood on her head. And also the mom, Sherry, says that her daughter, she thinks her daughter has some kind of ability because her daughter had a dream that her dad died like the week before he died. Um, and she thought that was strange. Hmm. So that's kind of the backstory that they set up. Uh, I don't know. I always think it's weird when they're like interviewing the kids. I did like um Sarah though. I think her like interview was pretty genuine, um, and it was kind of sweet. Her like talking about her dad. Like Elfie's like, "What was your dad like?" And she's like, "I don't really remember to be honest." Like they were divorced, um. So yeah. she seems like a pretty honest, cute kid. Um. So the next thing they do is they bring in Chip. Uh, we needed that pick me up. 
Chip is pissed that they made him come up there from Florida because it's cold. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? It's freezing here. I hate you guys. <laughs> Chip was drinking Mai Tais 20 seconds ago. And um, so he says that he's sensing an old woman. He's sensing head stuff. Like she probably, he says head stuff. I, <laughs> and um, she probably died from a head wound. He's saying that she's saying it's her house. And he says he also is sensing a man in the house and that the female ghost calls the man the soul collector. And gosh, Ryan is so excited about that because that's so <laughs> creepy. Uh, yeah. He just latches on. I, I don't. Part of me really loves the way that they just jump off of cliffs like this. Yeah. And then part of me is like, Soul Collector? Really? Out of nowhere? <laughs> sounds With like no a video evidence. game. It sounds like yeah. a video game. Yeah. It sounds corny. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Soul Collector, I guess. Let's go with it. <laughs> so they didn't have any new technology for this episode. That's so they not decided... true. No, no. <laughs> I'm getting there. So they decided we're just going to put a strobe light on. <laughs> <laughs> and say that it heightens the psychic's abilities and make Chip like sit next to the strobe light. <laughs> yeah, instead of dead time, they have a rave. It's just <laughs> Brian <laughs> and Chip. <laughs> Chip's pissed. Yeah. And you can tell Chip is pissed because so what happens is <laughs> Ryan goes to Chip. Um, or Ryan goes to the ghost. He says, uh, show on Chip. How you died. So basically, like, he's pretty much, like, telling the ghost to attack Chip. And Chip really creepily starts taking off his scarf. And he kind of, like, wraps it around his two hands. And then he, like, snaps it. And, uh, like, real creepy. And then he goes, Ryan, I'm going to have to take a break because this ghost is telling me to wrap this around your neck. <laughs> yes, the ghost, quote, unquote. It's the, it's the ghost. Is that because I fucking hate you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I love Chip. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wish he took it a little farther, but I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I find it. I I do love every time Chip gets into like angry Chip mode. Yeah. But um, I love Chip, and I mean this in the nicest way. I find it really hard to take angry Chip seriously because he's built like Nathan Lane. <laughs> Yeah, and he has a really, like, sweet southern, like, kind of higher-pitched voice. It's just, like, when he gets angry, he just kind of sounds, like, silly. Yeah, he's just a very <laughs> soft, fun-looking man. <laughs> yeah. He's sassy. Like, his personality is really sassy. So when he gets angry, you're just kind of, like, giggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I also have Chip cannot be the first person that wants to strangle Ryan. <laughs> I mean, even, you know, the ghost wants to push him down. I just thought it was funny, though, because I thought it was rude that Ryan was trying to make the ghost attack Chip. And that that was like Chip's reaction. Because <laughs> when he said that, I was like, that's fucking rude, Ryan. Like, don't invite a ghost to attack Chip. <laughs> Poor Chip. Um, so after this, they interview Sherry again. Um because they want to find out, like, if something happened regarding neck stuff with Michael. Um, That's where it gets horrible. So she tells them that her ex-husband, Michael, he kind of had, like, two personalities. He would be really, really sweet, and they would call each other soulmate all the time. And then he would kind of just flip, and he would be really emotionally abusive. And she gave an example of one time he, like, was talking to her belly and saying... You know, like, I'm your daddy. I'll always protect you. And then he, like, turned and looked at Sherry straight in the eyes and said, but I fucking hate you. Um, and then, you know, she says that he did end up hanging himself. And, and that's how he died. Um, so Ryan takes this information and he goes back to his team. And this is his theory. He says that Michael is the ghost haunting the house and that Michael has convinced himself that he is a murderer and created a hell in which he is a soul collector because of his guilt for destroying his family. Naturally. 
a lot of speculation happening here. I mean, it's all speculation all the time, but this is like a huge leap. Yeah. Uh, so then they decide, okay, well, what should we do? We should make a grieving widower or a grieving widow. I mean, they were like exes, but, you know, she's still a widow. A grieving widow confront her dead ex-husband that she's still in love with because that is our place yeah under the premise that he collects souls yeah and they're with sherry like in the house doing this you know confrontation investigation and ryan's like whose soul have you collected michael and it's just like it's gross and then they kind of cut to Sherry. Sorry, did you have something to say? So I was just, if I was the ghost, I would be embarrassed for Ryan. I'm embarrassed for Ryan. She's yeah. like, where the fuck are you getting this? Soul collector? I make spooky noises. I, like, <laughs> what are you, I don't collect souls. What are you doing? Um, and then they make Sherry confront him, and she's like, why would you kill your like why would you haunt Sarah and scare her like why would you do that and then she starts like crying and saying like I miss you and I don't feel whole without you and it's just like really sad and it's just like another one of these episodes where you're like nobody here is fucking qualified and like why are you making this lady do this like, she doesn't have a hard enough life being a single mom with a mortgage to pay, with a kid that's grieving and terrified. But she also now has to, like, confront her dead ex-husband ghost in front of you guys for your TV show. And, and with a straight face, refer to him as a soul collector. Yeah. And she's, and they make her, I'm pretty sure they make her say this because it's kind of weird, but they, she says, like, you are a soul collector because, like, you've you've taken me and Sarah's souls because, like, we we are just like you know pretty much like dead inside or something. Yeah, I didn't write down the exact language, but they kind of take this like creepy soul collector thing and they're just like trying to fit it, trying to make it work. So they kind of make it like this elaborate, uh, kind of metaphorical backstory for this ghost just to make like the name work. <laughs> which is just so, so hard and then the thing that kind of makes me the most upset is they tell her she has to symbolically let go of the bad side of michael and they want her to part with an object of his that represents that and they have a fire going and she brings michael's suicide note and she says that she had kept this in her nightstand and she read it regularly because she was trying to like read between the lines and see if there was some kind of message there. It's a really sad thing. And she's here. She's willing to burn this, you know, and because and, um, she says she's willing to do anything, you know, to make it stop and to move on. And Ryan's like, that's pretty cool. Like he literally says pretty cool to her. He's like, that's a pretty, like, that's a significant offering. Like, that's pretty cool, Sherry. It's like, Ryan, shut up. Exactly the amount of respect from Ryan as you'd expect. Expect, yeah. So she burns a suicide note, and then the show's over, and they're just like, yep, ghost's still there, but they're no longer afraid um, of the ghosts. And I don't know. I just hate it when the conclusion is you're the problem, and basically you know the conclusion here is like sherry's the problem because she's still remembering the dark side of her ex-husband as well as the happy memories and they they pretty much tell her well in order to move on you just have to remember the good stuff and i don't know i just don't feel like they're qualified to do that like if she had an abusive ex-husband who killed himself and left her alone with a kid to raise it's her choice how she wants to grieve and move on from that. Like, who is this 22-year-old kid to tell her that the reason her daughter is having problems is because she's not willing to let go of that dark side and let go of his suicide and that she won't just, like, focus on the good sides of him. Like, it was just kind of like, fuck you, Ryan. Like, it's another situation where really a psychiatrist should be involved, not a 22-year-old, like, narcissist that's, like, 
the most annoying person on the planet. Like, I was just like, it was just so inappropriate. And especially with the suicide note burning, like, that's a really big step for a grieving person. And the way it was treated was just like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Cool. Like, I hate him. (laughs) I hate hate him so much. These are the most painful ones where you go into uh, some kind of family that's it's been through some horrible, horrible bullshit, um, really tragic things, and then yeah. Ryan comes in and treats it like a fucking Scooby-Doo mystery. Yeah. Starts naming things shit like the Soul Collector, and it's, um, man, it it's so easy to hate Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's, he's so easy to hate, and... You know, we've talked a lot about how ghosts function around grief and I don't know, just I just don't think it's their place to make comments like, you know, if she's feeling haunted by this complex relationship that ended in this tragic way, it's just not their place to even comment on that at all. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that that somehow worked out and she somehow felt helped by this situation. It's it's honestly baffling that these people always are okay with what happens. Yeah. Um, that they're never, there, like, sue these, sue them later. <laughs> there has to be, like, uh, a film reel somewhere of just the ones where it didn't go wrong or it didn't go right and they, yeah. they just didn't show them. Yeah, like I kind of want to interview these people and be like, so Sherry, did you feel like it was fucked up that Ryan blamed you? (laughs) Not letting your husband's death go? (laughs) There's like three straight episodes where a woman's husband killed himself and then Ryan comes in and starts, and she's like, are you fucking serious? A soul collector? Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Well, I just I I even wrote in my notes like because Ryan when he heard the story about the suicide he's like oh, obviously this is a very sensitive subject and I'm just I'm writing to myself like yes Ryan this is a very sensitive subject please be careful not to tell the child that her dad killed himself so he could steal her soul <laughs> yep yeah luckily I, mean, I think they they quarantine him from the child after that point because <laughs> they know better. Well, and it's also like they're pretty much making up these backstories. And they had this creepy doll house and this creepy lady ghost. And they could have just ran with that and tried to like make up stuff about that. But instead they decide to make it about the ex-husband. And they just didn't have to do that because they're making it all up anyway. It's all speculation. So if they're just making up the backstory, why pick the one that's going to be, like, the most disturbing and heart-wrenching to the family? Why not just, like, make up some spooky doll collector backstory, do some cleansing ritual, and then, you know, tell the family it's all good and get out of there, you know? Like, why do you have to play God? You know, like like, he wants to kind of play God. Like, he wants to, like, solve these people's, like, most inner turmoil and make it into like good tv where he's the good guy or something yeah i think there's it's entirely fueled by that narcissism yeah yeah so it's just like you know i don't know it's a ghost show you don't need to be making it about this lady's grief yeah i should not be feeling bad for uh like a living child in a ghost show like not really bad also like I don't even understand, like, I don't know why when they had a doll museum to work with, they focus on the soul collector bullshit that, like, was so flimsy. Because I, I would have really liked a haunted doll episode, yeah. and it would have been more appropriate. <laughs> they do, I, I think they briefly allude to, like, oh, is it a soul collector because this is a doll collection? Is mm-hmm. he just, a, like, attracted to collecting? <laughs> like, what? I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, Nobody they just knows. they just like they do this a lot where they kind of have something that's kind of spooky and cool and then they just do sort of like a U turn to the most inappropriate outcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, should we move on to our last episode? Yeah, give me one second. I have to trick my cat into leaving the office. Okay.
Oh, look, the laser. Whoa, oh no, go get the laser. Because I started tearing a box apart. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Yeah, no problem. I uh, totally understand. You're going you're gonna to hear my recording me yelling at my cat. <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in. <laughs> I like leaving the cat stuff in. I don't know why. I think it's funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Sure, yeah. Oh, oh fuck. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, episode nine, The Drowned. And this takes place in Maryland. And it's a family. The parents' names are Kim and Johnny. And then they have two sons, Josh and Nick, and a daughter, Gabrielle. And they live in this kind of lake house uh, that was previously a vacation home for a former family. And they had kind of recently purchased it. They're seeing apparitions, footsteps of voices, um, they're seeing little little boys and children ghosts and um, splashing on the creek um, that the lake house is. I guess it's a creek house. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's why they're calling the fam the the Ryan and the the team in. Uh, so Nick, who is one of the young boys. He is having the most experiences. He's been seeing a child harassing him and, like, blocking the door. Um, but they've all seen something. Um, Gabrielle says that she's seen a boy with blue lips out in the yard. Um, and Nick, uh, or um, Josh, who's a younger boy, has played board games with children ghosts. And Nick is really afraid of them. And he says that he actually saw one blocking his door and ran through it to run to his parents room and that he feels he felt like all tingly uh just a like no um i feel like nick like i don't know like as far as kids go like i'm slightly annoyed by this kid like <laughs> like he's a little kid all right so maybe it's like rude to say this but like his storytelling feels very like not genuine <laughs> like the other little kids it seems like well, Gabrielle's, like, 16, um, and she just, like, mentions the one thing, and Josh is a little, little kid. I think he's, like, six or something, so he, he just mentions, like, that one thing, and Kim says she saw some splashing out in the creek. They all say stuff that you're like, yeah, they probably did see something, or they thought they saw something, but Nick seems like he's just, like, really happy to have his moment in the spotlight, because they interview him several times, and he's just going, like, on and on and on. And then even later on, like at the end of the episode, like Ryan's like, this kid would be like a really good ghost hunter. Like maybe he'll be like me and like become a ghost hunter later on. I'm like, yeah, because this kid also has like an ego like you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I can speak more to that when we get to this child psychologist at the end. Yeah. Um, so my next note is them bringing in the, the medium. And my what I wrote here was the sword lady is back. <laughs> the warrior psychic, I call her. Yeah. Her sword did not appear, unfortunately. I'm very disappointed, but the sword lady is back. And she is, like, the world's shittiest psychic. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they're all, like, you know, questionable. But I feel like Chip and Lorraine say stuff that actually, like, sort of lines up most of the time. But this lady, like... She says a lot of stuff that doesn't line up, and she's always, like, trying to get something out of Ryan, like, you know? And she does a lot of stuff that's, like, very based on things that she looked up about the house. Right. Because um, the last time we saw her, she pulled the um, the Underground Railroad. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, right out of, like, said the same thing verbatim as somebody else, and it was clear they had both just looked at the same article. Yeah. So she says that... She doesn't feel like it's related to the house and that she feels like it's related to the surrounding area and that it probably has something to do with the water, which, again, the house is like newer construction and there's a lake. So, like, of course, you're going to say that. Yeah, um, she does say that there's something going on with the shower, which Nick had also pointed that out as like there was something scary about this shower. It's just a normal shower. Um but of course, when they're doing the investigation, Ryan goes in there and he's like, 
something's happening with the thermal cam. Like, there's something in the shower. And he, like, really dramatically, like, they play really dramatic music. And he, like, whips open the curtain, like, the shower curtain. There's just nothing behind there. And they, like, they pan to Sword Lady. And she's just, like, look of shock on her face. But they just... I don't know. They they do all this build up that there's like something going on with the shower, and then they just never, like that's it. That's the end of it. They just totally like pivot to like, okay, it has it has something to do with the like fuck the shower. <laughs> um, and so they interview the previous owner, and she says that a three year old boy had drowned in the lake. Um. And then they interview a local historian, and she says that there was also a 13-year-old boy that had drowned trying to save his brother. Um, Oh, sorry. Just as another note, the sword lady brought up that there's, like, a man, um, a male presence that's looking for something, and he's angry as well. Which comes up later on. Yeah, so when they... After they figure out this information, Elfie suggests that maybe that is the 13-year-old's presence because he's, like, looking for his brother and he's, like, upset, you know, because he died trying to save his brother. Um, so they, they do kind of connect what Sword Lady says to this, this information. Oh, I, w- I was talking shit. It, a man never comes up, unless you consider a 13-year-old boy a man. Yeah, they kind of like- just, like gloss over the fact that she didn't mention that I was a child and they try to just like mismatch connect those two things yeah um but yeah so I, anyway uh I just want to go back because I totally forgot about this in my notes um did the daughter can you confirm this did the daughter say that she saw a disembodied little head, boy head in her window yes and then her response was that she took a shower after seeing that and came back out and it was still there yeah okay so i did hear that correctly i <laughs> i don't have anything to say about that obviously but i just wanted to make sure that i'm not going crazy well you know when you're looking out your window and you see a disembodied floating boy head with blue lips and you just think well another day another boy head i'm just gonna go take a shower and forget about it and then you Ooh. come back and you're like damn it's still here and then just go to bed or whatever i hate that when you see a, a, a boy head and you're like oh my hair's all greasy I, I better take care of that it is kind of funny because when i get i don't know if it's just because i watched the movie psycho like alfred hitchcock's psycho when i was too young but when i'm scared like if i've watched a scary movie by myself and i'm like like you know when you kind of get yourself like amped up like you just had watched something spooky and then you're a little bit jumpy when i'm in that Mm. kind of mood i will not take a fucking shower because i get so (laughs) spooked out (laughs) no like that evening (laughs) like i'll get so spooked out in the shower because everything i hear i'll think there's someone in the house like coming to murder me um so literally like in the past like if i've watched like a spooky movie and i'm like on edge and like my partner's supposed to come over later that night i'll be like hey i'm not gonna get ready until you get here because i'm just like all spooked out right now so can you just come over and then just like hang out in the living room while i take a shower because i'm scared (laughs) no i i get what you mean exactly um i don't get so spooked that i won't take a shower but i do worry about like my lights going off or something the entire time i'm in the shower i think it's because it's like a you're vulnerable right like you can't really hear as well because the water is flowing and like you're naked so you couldn't like run and you know it's just it's just like if you're already feeling a little on edge it's just kind of putting yourself in a vulnerable position it's in putting it just like is like freaky to to do that so you know in short a weird thing to do when you see a disembodied thing. very strange <laughs> very strange um yeah uh so anyway they kind of determined that the house is probably being haunted by drowned child ghosts uh-huh. uh so but i don't know why but they decide they're going to bring in a child psychologist to talk to nick usually a really good idea Usually it would be a wonderful idea to have your child see a psychiatrist or a psychologist if they were talking about ghosts or experiencing a lot of fear. In this show, it never does anything because they bring the psychiatrist in. And Ryan even says to her, 
do you think that he's having real experiences or do you think that his parents are kind of spooked and he's just picking up on their fear and she's like no he's having real experiences and but he's not empowered to handle it and like of course he's a sensitive kid so he is picking up on his parents but like it's real (sighs) yeah um (laughs) i finally i went to google and i'm like what is the proper what is the proper thing to do when your child sees ghosts? Mm. Um, and I did find a, a child psychologist. Uh, it said PhD, but it was a medium post, so I don't take it with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, but she did not say anywhere or even allude to the fact that you should tell the child that ghosts are real. Um, in fact, did not even consider that ghosts might be real. <laughs> Which, um, yeah, kind of what we've been saying. Well, and then because the child psychologist says that basically the problem is that Nick is not empowered to handle seeing a ghost. Because, I'm sorry, who the fuck is empowered to handle seeing a ghost? Like, I would not be empowered to handle seeing a ghost. <laughs> but I would be. Okay. <laughs> you have one of those swords. Yeah. <laughs> Of a sacrificial dagger, like the warrior psychic. <laughs> You've died before, so you you know you think you're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, because she says this, Ryan goes and basically tells the parents that it's their fault for being scared, and that they have to put their foot down and like stand up to the ghost. So basically, it's their fault that when that their kid is scared because when they started seeing ghosts and hearing how scared their kids are, they started getting scared and that they should have put their foot down. And then they just end the episode and it's just like, yep, Ken stands up to the spirits now. End of episode. And it's just like, I hate it when they come and like these parents are crying about like what their kids are going through. And Ryan's just like, yeah, like, but it's your fault. Like, this is not the first time where he kind of is called into a house because parents are concerned that their kids are reporting seeing ghosts and they want to kind of validate, you know, they don't want to call their kid a liar or something. So they bring in these like ghost experts to kind of, you know, help fix the problem. And the ghost experts turn around and say, you're the problem, parents, because you're not handling the haunting correctly. And let me instruct you as a 22 year old fuckboy on how to properly parent your children yeah for step one you blame it on somebody's suicide yeah or on the tragic cool name on the tragic death of community members that happened like not that long ago probably like because obviously this lady was the previous owner was living in the house when this happened yeah good old ryan knows exactly what to do yeah, he knows exactly how to, like, be the most inappropriate and, like, stick his, like, nose in where he's not welcome. Yeah. Um, the article that I read from the child psychologist also did say um, when a child says that they see ghosts, uh, it's usually just they, they want attention. Yeah. And they've realized when they see something scary that they get attention. Mm-hmm. So they make up scary things. Um, yeah. and wouldn't you know when they get when he gets a present so that he can talk to his brother from another room all of a sudden not afraid of ghosts anymore yeah because that's how ryan fixes this one he just gives the kids some walkie talkies and then leaves yeah and tells him that he he's gonna like be a ghost hunter someday yeah yeah, I think, like, with children, it's difficult because, yeah, there's al- there's always the element of, like, are they lying? Because children, you know, they, they're not fully developed. Like, they don't have their fully developed sense of morality and everything yet, so children can lie. Um, yeah, they just but, make shit up all the time. Yeah, but it's also important to believe your kids. So there's kind of this element of like, even if you know your kid might be lying, you kind of can't just like be like, you're fucking lying every time they say something. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, also, like, kids process information differently. Like, just think about as an adult, like, when you're stressed and you're not getting a lot of sleep, like, you might think you see something out of the corner of your eye or just get a little bit more jumpy. Now, imagine if you're, like, a kid with an overactive imagination that's consuming a lot of media that has, like, spooky stuff in it. It's, like, it's very easy for kids to probably genuinely think that they saw something like I definitely remember as a children a child like genuinely thinking that I saw or experienced things yeah um you know so it's kind of like like I think there's a lot of reasons why like a kid telling saying that they seen have seen ghosts is probably like indicative of some other need whether the need is like they need attention or they're like um inappropriately stressed out for a child um, you know, or they're, you know, they're coping with their dad's death, for example. <laughs> Just to pull one out of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they kind of, they bring in the child psycho- psychiatrist every time normally there is a child, but they never, they just bring her in to say the kid's not lying. And I just kind of feel like that's not why she should be there. It should be because the kid probably isn't lying. The kid probably has something else going on where they need a psychiatrist. <laughs> Yeah, to help not them. lying is half of it. Yeah. Ghosts are real is not the other half. Yeah, like it's just I don't know. It's like you can say like I believe I believe you without saying ghosts are real. Cuz like you can believe that someone is telling the truth of their experience or you can believe that they believe that they saw something without being like, "Yep, no, ghosts are real." Like, "Welcome to the rest of your life where you believe that ghosts are real and that there's actually something to be scared of in your house like that doesn't seem like a healthy outcome for a kid yeah there's a hundred tactful ways to deal with this um none of which were employed here but i mean again i'm not a parent i'm not a child psychologist i'm not saying how these parents should raise their kids i'm just saying that ryan shouldn't be telling these parents how to raise their kids for sure yeah (laughs) You know, it's like if they, you know, it was her parenting choice to believe her son. And, uh, you know, that's like a very valid choice. Like if your kid's scared to believe what he's saying to you and like try to address that and try to, you know, bring in like an expert to try to make him less scared. You know, like I think that's a valid parenting choice. I mean, I don't know that I would put my kids on a ghost TV show, but I, I get why you might do that. Like it's kind of like... You know, to bring in someone to, like, you know, talk to your kid to make them less scared. Like, I don't know. I feel like people do stuff like that where, like, when kids learn about, like, hell and, like, Christianity, like, they might talk to, like, a pastor or a priest or something about it to, like, understand more about about things so they're not just, like, having nightmares about hell all the time. <laughs> um. Yeah. Except in Catholicism, which is what I was raised in, where they want you to have nightmares and be scared all the time and just live in constant fear of hell. Not That's to stop you from sinning. And it's been pretty successful mm-hmm. for every Catholic so far. So yeah. why would they change? None of us none of us have ever sinned. We definitely don't just do whatever we want and then go to catechism go to go and confess on the weekends. <laughs> I do love how hard that cell is. On Jesus it's like Jesus is your best friend mm-hmm. um, and he's dead and he died because of you <laughs> before you were born right and uh, now you have to do everything he says or you'll never see him again oh yeah okay and you'll burn in eternal flames forever you forgot that part yeah yeah <laughs> and also like everything is a sin so <laughs> Just any fun thing, like name a fun yeah. thing, you're going to hell for it. <laughs> uh, you know, I was only Catholic for like 13 years, so I can't I can't speak on behalf of the religion. So <laughs> I only have 13 years of education on on the topic. So things might have changed in the last you know several several years. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's only one guy that can speak for the Catholic Church, and he's, he changes his mind an awful lot anyway, so. God? Uh, the Pope. <laughs> I also saw the Pope eat a pizza today on TikTok. Aw. Even Popes like pizzas? They're just normal guys. 
that God whispers to at night. Yeah. <laughs> a direct link to an omniscient deity. <laughs> but everyone... They put that... their pants on just one leg at a time. And eat a pizza pie. Yeah. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't remember. <laughs> I think we we're both, like, tired because... I've just been having these chronic headaches all week and like we just had to like reschedule this and <laughs> it's, just, it's just been a long week for both of us. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm finally kicking off a ton of work and shit. Yeah, I do think that for next week we should just do four more or three more episodes of this and then we'll just kind of cap it off. Uh, um, but yeah, so we can be contacted at this goes sucks at gmail.com if you would like to recommend something for us to watch or you would like to give us a correction or a comment um please please be nice to me i'm a sensitive creature i'm <laughs> i'm gonna cry if you say a mean thing and then um you can also find the podcast on itunes and on this sucks.com on <laughs> but I just feel like right. I, sh- I should remember to say the website and the email address. <laughs> right? I feel like that's important. We don't need yeah. an intro or to say our names or to remind people what podcasts they're listening to, but I feel like we should mention those things, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm just playing this by ear.